So before we start this episode, I wanted to make sure you know about the midweek pause emails that we send out every Wednesday through Pause Your Life. The midweek pause email contains some really powerful material, wisdom, inspiration, a quote, and a very short excerpt that you'll enjoy reading. It's meant to allow you in the middle of the week to just hit the pause button and read some powerful material just to gain some perspective on your week and your life or from your day-to-day living. So the midweek pause emails, it's free. You just sign up. So just go to pauseyourlife.org and on the right side on the website, you'll see the link for it. And if you're on mobile, just scroll down. You'll see the link for it. The midweek pause emails. And this is The Mystic Show, episode 181. Welcome to the show. I'm happy you can join me. I'm your host, Chris Curran, and this is The Mystic Show. It's a weekly podcast where we talk about a lot of things unseen and otherworldly. The really meaningful topics in our lives that we don't talk about very much. The deeper aspects, true spirituality, feeling what's in our heart. The purpose of this show is for you and I to grow spiritually. First, we can hear some things, we can learn some things, but eventually we have to meditate and experience it. And through experience comes understanding. And we are in the middle of our summer of As a Man Thinketh, which we're reading this book by James Allen from 1902 or 1903. Uh, It's titled, As a Man Thinketh, and we're taking it easy this summer, so the episodes are going to be shorter, and it allows you and me to get out into nature more. Now that the weather's nice, we need to go out, be in nature, be in some open space, not crowded up with other human beings and, and all the drama, right? So you can hear the show anywhere you hear podcasts. And of course, our website is themysticshow.net. You can see all our previous episodes. You can sign up for behind-the-scenes emails. And again, thank you to Pause Your Life. This episode, we're actually going to continue reading from the book, As a Man Thinketh. And the section we're going to read today is called The Thought Factor in Achievement. So you know, if you haven't heard the previous episodes where we're reading from this book. We started at episode 175. So if you want to hear it from the beginning, start with episode 175. And it's all about thinking, the power of thought, and how it affects your circumstances, your health, your body. And in this section, achievement. This is actually a very practical thing because in our everyday lives, we need to achieve certain things. 
we need to earn a certain amount of money so we can pay certain bills <laughs> and we need to teach our children certain things. There's so many achievements that we need to accomplish in our lives. So this section is really going to, you know, emphasize the role of our thoughts in achievement. And this is, it's just fascinating. I love it personally because it really goes to the core of who we are as human beings. We are thought beings. Yes, we have a physical body, but the level of thought is where everything comes from. Well, the level of thought is where we shape everything from, right? I mean, the our consciousness comes from somewhere much higher, somewhere divine. Uh, but our thinking process and our habits of thinking, we can shape it. We can mold it. We can use it. And the level of thought is the only place we can make changes in our lives. I mean, try to make yourself nine foot tall physically. Go ahead. Try it. I'll wait. All right. You can't, right? Because your body is what it is. That's what it is. You can't really change it. I mean, yes, you can become more physically fit. Okay. And healthy. You can eat better. Okay. Sure. But the level of thought is much more malleable, changeable. We can utilize our thoughts so much. So, all right. Am I, I don't know if I'm starting to ramble, but let's get into this section. Again, it's from the book as a man thinketh by James Allen. This section is called the thought factor in achievement. All that a man achieves and all that he fails to achieve is the direct result of his own thoughts. In a justly ordered universe where loss of equipoise would mean total destruction, individual responsibility must be absolute. A man's weakness and strength, purity and impurity, are his own, and not another man's. They are brought about by himself, and not by another. And they can only be altered by himself, never by another. His condition is also his own, and not another man's. His sufferings and his happiness are evolved from within. As he thinks, so is he. As he continues to think, so he remains. A strong man cannot help a weaker unless that weaker is willing to be helped. And even then, the weak man must become strong of himself. He must, by his own efforts, develop the strength which he admires in another. None but himself can alter his condition. It has been usual for men to think and to say, many men are slaves because one is an oppressor. Let us hate the oppressor. Now, however, there is amongst an increasing few a tendency to reverse this judgment and to say, one man is an oppressor because many are his slaves. Let us despise the slaves. The truth is that oppressor and slaves are co-operators in ignorance and, while seeming to afflict each other, are in reality afflicting themselves. 
A perfect knowledge perceives the action of law in the weakness of the oppressed and the misapplied power of the oppressor. A perfect love, seeing the suffering which both states entail, condemns neither. A perfect compassion embraces both oppressor and oppressed. He who has conquered weakness and has put away all selfish thoughts belongs neither to oppressor nor oppressed. He is free. A man can only rise, conquer, and achieve by lifting up his thoughts. He can only remain weak and abject and miserably by refusing to lift up his thoughts. Before a man can achieve anything, even in worldly things, he must lift his thoughts above slavish animal indulgence. He may not, in order to succeed, give up all animality and selfishness, by any means, but a portion of it must, at least, be sacrificed. A man whose first thought is bestial indulgence could neither think clearly nor plan methodically. He could not find and develop his latent resources and would fail in any undertaking. Not having commenced manfully to control his thoughts, he is not in a position to control affairs and to adopt serious responsibilities. He is not fit to act independently and stand alone. But he is limited only by the thoughts which he chooses. There can be no progress, no achievement without sacrifice. And a man's worldly success will be in the measure that he sacrifices his confused animal thoughts and fixes his mind on the development of his plans and the strengthening of his resolution and self-reliance. And the higher he lifts his thoughts, the more manly, upright, and righteous he becomes the greater will be his success, and more blessed and enduring will be his achievements. The universe does not favor the greedy, the dishonest, the vicious, although on the mere surface it may sometimes appear to do so. It helps the honest, the magnanimous, the virtuous. All the great teachers of the ages have declared this in varying forms. And to prove and know it, a man has but to persist in making himself more and more virtuous by lifting up his thoughts. Intellectual achievements are the result of thought consecrated to the search for knowledge and for the beautiful and true in life and nature. Such achievements may be sometimes connected with vanity and ambition, but they are not the outcome of those characteristics. They are the natural outgrowth of long and arduous effort and of pure and unselfish thoughts. Spiritual achievements are the consummation of holy aspirations. He who lives constantly in the conception of noble and lofty thoughts, who dwells upon all that is pure and selfless, will as surely as the sun reaches its zenith and the moon its full, become wise and noble in character and rise into a position of influence and blessedness.
Achievement of whatever kind is the crown of effort, the diadem of thought. By the aid of self-control, resolution, purity, righteousness, and well-directed thought, a man ascends. By the aid of animality, indolence, impurity, corruption, and confusion of thought, a man descends. A man may rise to high success in the world and even to lofty altitudes in the spiritual realm and again descend into weakness and wretchedness by allowing arrogant, selfish, and corrupt thoughts to take possession of him. Victories attained by right thought can only be maintained by watchfulness. Many give way when success is assured and rapidly fall back into failure. All achievements, whether in the business, intellectual, or spiritual world, are the result of definitely directed thought, are governed by the same law, and are of the same method. The only difference lies in the object of attainment. He who would accomplish little must sacrifice little. He who would achieve much must sacrifice much. He who would attain highly must sacrifice greatly. And there you have it. That's the end of this section. The thought factor in achievement. Right? Very revealing. Mmm. Might have to listen to that again. Well, I appreciate you being here with me on these short episodes this summer. I really also appreciate receiving your emails and thoughts and ideas. Happy to be on this journey with you. And until next time, you know what to do. Keep shining.